Okay, we're ready to begin Parsha's Kisovo. In this week's Parsha, the Torah is like this in Paratech uh, of Ches, Pazach of Hey. Yitencha Hashem Nigav Lefnei Hashem is going to give you to be stricken in front of your enemies. You're going to run away from him, basically. You will be a zavo to all the kingdoms of the world. So what is zavo? Rashi says the zavo is You will be fear. You will be fear to all the nations of the world. What does that mean? She they, is they, they, they will fear the Jews? Is that what you're saying? No, that's explained. She is Zoh called That when they hear how you've been treated and how you've been persecuted, they're going to be afraid. The Yomrun, they'll say, It shouldn't happen to us what happened to them. They're going to say about you, it shouldn't happen to us what happened to them. Rabbi Nisad Yagun says, you'll be an example of what it means to be uh, persecuted and downtrodden. Yeah, this is in the, in, the, in the rebukes. Right. That's what Rashi says. That's what you're going to be. So, basically, the discussion this evening is off topic, but it's in, 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 sort of related to the topic. That, that the, the discussion we're going to have this evening is about ransom. Whether one should pay ransom for victim, the, uh, victims that are taken hostage. So this is within the context of war. They're going to be given to the enemy and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to persecute you. Part of the persecution is taking hostages, kidnapping. So the question is, really there's three questions that are involved when it comes to this issue. We're going to deal with one of those questions. The three questions are like this. Is that how much should one pay if a Jew is taken vict- a, a ransom? is taken victim as a hostage. That's number one. Question number two is, is that what happens if the victim's life is in danger? Does that affect how much you're going to pay to ransom them out? Question number three is, what happens if it's a barter? For example, you free the hostage in exchange for terrorists. Then you should free the terrorists that you've taken prisoner. For example, if you're the state of Israel. And that's going to create a danger for other that's going to create a danger for other people. So the question is, are you allowed to save somebody else while creating a danger for someone else? So save the victim, save the hostage, while creating a danger for the, uh, creating the danger for, for the populace at large, because from the terrorists. Because the terrorists that they're releasing could come back and do more damage. They can come back and do more damage. We're going to deal with the first question. Our, our sole occupation this evening, hopefully, will be is dealing with whether one should pay ransom for hostages and how much. That's what we're going to deal with the first stage. So the truth is, and, and I mean, I don't know if the question is Sonu uh, Maisa. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, means that, it, that it's pertinent to everyday life. On a national level, it definitely is. I mean, uh, in 1970, there were, there were hijackings that took place. Rav Hutner, who was the Rosh Hashiva of, um, Rav who was the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Chaim Berlin, was one of, the, one of the victims that was uh, one of the hostages. So the question is whether you can ransom him out 
there are different there have been different incidents that uh, the Arabs have taken hostage uh, different people and they want they want to exchange them for terrorists. That's the that's the question today. Perhaps maybe it's not so prevalent in the United States, obviously, but uh, it's an interesting halakhic discussion. When was Rosenberg taken away? 1970. Yeah. Right, right. They want the exchange for terrorists, right? They want. So we, <coughs> the question is, what happens if they want money? So actually, it's a Mishnah, on page 45, they track to get, and the Mishnah is like this. In one is not allowed to redeem hostages more than they're worth. Why? Because of fixing the world, because of the uh, policy issues when it comes to the population. So the Gemara wants to know, what's the, what does that mean? What does Tikkun Olam mean? Does it mean because of Dochakud Tzibura? Maybe because if we, if the, if the, if we allow the congregation to pay the ransom, so the congregation is going to be depleted from the coffers, the, from their funds, and there's not going to be any money left. Is that what it means? That's why we don't pay more than what the hostage is worth? Or maybe it means that we will be encouraging the hostages to take more victims, meaning that we will be encouraging the hostages, sorry, the, uh, the abductors, the captors, to take more victims because once they see that it's a profitable business, so they're going to engage the business like it's happening now by the boats. They're, they're uh, ransoming, they're, well, the, ter- what? the pirates are, 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 uh, are taking the boats and they're holding them ransom and people are paying the ransom, whatever the money is. So it's become a very profitable business because now these pirates roam the seas, they see a boat, and that's it. And they come with the speedboats, and they, 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 they take it high. They take all the, all the whole crew hostage, and they demand money. So if these people are going to see the Jews pay, so they're going to they, they, they're see the Jews pay, they're going to take more Jews. Is that what the Mishnah means? So the Gemara doesn't know. What does it mean? Does it mean that we're afraid to lose money? Or that we're going to deplete the, the congregation or the, the town or the, the, the city, the Jewish city from its, from its corpus, or does it mean that we don't want to encourage terrorist acts in the future? What's the difference which one it is? So Rashi explains the difference which one it is is what happens if there is a, a relative, let's say a father, let's say a son gets, uh, gets um, taken hostage. So the father wants to pay the entire ransom. Let's say it's a huge amount, $5 million. He wants to pay it. So, according to the reasoning that says that we don't want to deplete the money of the congregation, the money of the congregation is not going to be depleted because the father is going to write the entire check. But according to the reasoning, according to the reasoning that we're, we don't want to encourage this type of behavior because it's going to happen in the future, we're not going to let the father ransom his son in that case either because even though he's not depleting the, the funds of the congregation, but at the same time, what he's doing is, by paying the ransom, he's encouraging the behavior. And since we don't want the, the behavior to happen in the future, then uh, maybe we, we, that's why we don't allow to pay for hostages more than what they're worth. So, I mean, basically, not only are you encouraging people to do it in the future, but you're encouraging them to pay the price higher up. Right. So that is, that's what they want to know. What's the, which one is it? So the one says, the one wants to bring a proof. The one wants to say that Levi Bar Darga, 
she redeemed or he paid a ransom for his daughter 13,000 uh, 13, uh, gold pieces, whatever that is. A tremendous amount of money he paid for ransom. So therefore you see that uh, you see that the, 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 the rabbis allowed him to do it. It must be the first reason. It must be the reason that we don't want to deplete the funds of the congregation. But here we weren't depleting the funds of the congregation because the father was willing to do it for his daughter and therefore it's permissible. So the one says, no, that's not a proof. Because Abaya says, who said that this person who redeemed his daughter did it with the, uh, with the consent of the rabbis? Maybe the rabbis were opposed to it. You don't know. That's what they said. Really, the Gemara basically doesn't come to a conclusion. The Gemara doesn't come to a conclusion of what... Um, the Gemara doesn't come to a conclusion of what's the reason the Mishnah says that one cannot give more than the worth of the hostage. Is it because... We don't want to encourage the behavior in the future, or is it because we don't want we don't want to deplete the funds of the congregation? Okay, that's what the, um, the, the that's what the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't really give an answer. The Gemara doesn't really give an answer. So the, what what is what is the reasoning? So from the Rambam, it sounds like the Rambam says in the laws of. The, Ram, the Rambam says in the laws of Matnas Aniyam, chapter 8, the Rambam says like this, Im podem esashvuyim If a person gets captured, we don't redeem them more than how much, we don't pay the ransom more than how much they're worth. Mipnei Because we want to fix the world. What's fixing the world? In order that the, the captors should not run after other Jews and to, to, to capture them in order to demand their ransom. So the Rambam seems to be learning like the reasoning of that we don't want to encourage the behavior. That's what the Rambam seems to be learning and that is what the God the Kesef Mishnah explains it. The Kesef Mishnah explains it and he says that this is also the opinion of this is also the opinion of the Rift. So therefore, yes, we don't allow according to the it, it seems to be according to the, to, the, to the din of the Gemara according to the law that comes out from the Talmud. It seems to be that we don't allow, we don't want to encourage, that the normative re, uh, halachic practice is, is that we don't want to encourage the behavior by paying ransom. And therefore, even if a relative wants to pay ransom, we don't allow it to happen. Well, beyond their worth. Beyond their worth. Because we don't want to encourage the behavior. Now, as far as what the halacha is exactly, what the contemporary halachic practice is, we're going to get to it in a minute. But it seems to be from the realm, at least he understands, that because we don't have an answer, therefore we're going to be stringent and not allow it, right? Because according to the reason, according to the reason that says that it's because we don't want to deplete the funds, if somebody else would be able to be able to provide the funds, then we would allow the family members to pay the ransom no matter what it is. But according to the reasoning that says that we don't want to encourage the behavior at all, then we don't allow it under any circumstances. So the Ram seems to take the stringent view that be, maybe because the Gemara didn't want to give the answer that we don't allow, uh, under any circumstances, the ransom to be an exorbitant amount. Okay? That's what the, the that seems to be the Ram's conclusion. And, uh, there's the base Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Karo, in his work in, uh, Simulation and Base, discusses this at length. This is a dispute amongst the Rishonim, amongst the commentaries, exactly what, how to learn the Gemara. What's the Gemara's conclusion based upon other Gemara's also?
With regard to the person's work, that's right. what they would bring as a slave in the marketplace? Right, so we're going to get into that. We're going to get into regard to the person's work because that is the topic of our discussion. Fine. But I just wanted to say, you know, you know the Gemara first. Before we continue with that, I want to, I want to um, mention, I want to mention Tosos. Because Tosos is going to have ramifications as far as the, the, the halacha is concerned. Tosos is like this. Tosos says, Vahadetanya, um, Tosos has a question. We learned in, in, in uh, Perak Nara, in, in the Ksubis, page 52a, if a woman gets captured and they want ten times her worth, the husband is allowed to the first time to pay whatever it is, even if, she, if it's ten times her worth. So how does our Gemara say we don't want to encourage the behavior? And over there the Gemara says we do. So Tosas answers Shani Ishto. A person's wife is different. Dahavi Kagufa because it's just like him. Ishto Kagufa. A person's wife is just like him. Therefore, since it's like him, the same way that he can pay as much money as he wants, as much money as he wants to save himself, so too he can pay as much money as he wants to save his wife. So right away, Tosas now has a, a clause in this law. The clause is, is that this is not applicable to oneself and to one's wife. Tosa says further, it's even more than a person's daughter. Right? That's where he goes. Now he asks a different question. Now there's another Gemara. When he says it's even more than a person's daughter, you mean, in other words, you could pay more for your wife than, than for your daughter, because your wife is considered to be a part of you. She's considered to be one with you. She's the same as you are. And therefore, for, and therefore since there is no distinct, there is no enactment for a person how much they have to pay to redeem themselves, there is no enactment for a person how much they have to pay for their wife. Now there's a very interesting Gemara, some of which we have, we have heard of because we, uh, we, we say it in the Slichos um, about regarding Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha. So the Gemara here in, in Tracta Gittin on, on page 58a relates a story like this. The rabbis taught a story of Rabbi Shua ben Hananya. Rabbi Shua ben Hananya went to a big city in Rome and they said to him there was a, a child there. A child there that is in jail. That child has beautiful eyes and he is very good looking and he has beautiful hair. So he's, he went there and he stood at the doorway of his cell, of the prison. Right? And he said, he said a pasuk to this child and the child answered him that the reason why the, the, the pasuk is from Yeshaya that says that the Jewish people are, are suffering and the child answered him the reason why is because of their own infractions the child was Jewish the child was Jewish the, he, the child told him that the reason why these things are happening why the Jewish people are being persecuted is because they don't follow the Torah and because of their own infractions. That's what the child said. So he said, he saw from the way that he answered him, the way that he said it, the way that the child responded to him, he said, I am sure that this person is going to teach halacha. This person is going to teach Jewish practice to Israel. 
I'm not going to move from here until I pay the entire ransom for him to be freed from jail. That's what Igmar says. And that's what he did. He paid an exorbitant amount of money in order to free this person from jail. And, says the Gemara, It was only a short amount of days, Israel, until this person became a great rabbi leader, rabbinical leader in Israel. And who was that? Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha. That was Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha. Now, Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha was a great man. Wait, was it, that wasn't the child? The child was Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha. Um, Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha was a coin goggle. He was obviously a great man. You see that from the Talmud. But uh, he became, this is what... Um, this is what Rabbi Shmuel ben Hanania saw in him from his conversation. He saw in him that he was that he was a great man. Um, so Tosos is Tosos is asking the question. Tosos says, "What are you talking about? You see from here. You see from this Gemara." Actually, let's, fin- let's finish the Gemara before we, before we see the Tosus question. The Gemara now says the famous story that we know that Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha, Rabbi, Rabbi Uda said the name of Rab. There was a story with his daughter and his son of Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha. They both got captured. They both got captured, and their master said, Hey, look, I have a very beautiful, a very beautiful woman that I own. And the other one, the other master said, Hey, look, I have a very beautiful, a very handsome uh, servant, servant that I own. Let's put them together. We'll take the children. We'll sell the children. We'll make the money. So they put them in the same room. This is what we say. This is what we say in the Slichos. They put them in the same room. Um... They put them in the same room, and they uh, they sat in their own corner, and then they realized they started talking. One said, "How could I? How can I have relations with this woman? I'm I'm the son of a, I'm the son of a coin gobble. and she said, "How can I have relations with this man? I'm a son. I'm a daughter of a coin gobble. How could it be?" They cried the entire night until the the until light came, and they recognized each other, they fell on each other, and they cried until they died. They cried until the Nishamas left them. That's the, uh, the famous tragic story of the Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha and his children. So, Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha was a very good man. The Gemara says here in Tractate Brachos that uh, he actually went into the base on Migdosh. It says, the more famous Gemara, page 7a, Brachos. I once went to bring the incense into the into the kosher kodeshim into the holy of holies, and I saw Hashem. I saw him sitting on his throne in the in the kodesh kodeshim, and he said to me, "Hashem asked me for a bracha." So then the Gemara relates the bracha that he. Uh, that he gave him. 
That's what the Gemara Brachos. Rabbi Shmuel was a very great man, and Rabbi Hananya, Rabbi, Rabbi Hananya saw this. Rabbi Hananya saw this, and therefore he, Rabbi Shmuel ben Hananya saw this, and therefore he redeemed him. Therefore he redeemed him for money. Now, for asks Tosvos, our Gemara on page forty-five, he tried to give and says, no, you don't pay an exorbitant amount of money for. You don't pay exorbitant amount of money for hostages. So why did Rabbi Shmuel ben Chanani? Why, why, why did he pay? Why did Rabbi Shmuel ben Chanani pay for Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha? Why did he pay for him extra money? So Tosfos says the fish are moved because he was a very wise child. So here Tosfos is not creating another exception. Another exception that Tosfos is creating is seems to be is that this is not applicable when it comes to a Torah scholar. If the hostages want an exorbitant amount of money for a Torah scholar. Then you pay the amount. You pay the money. Now you're training the terrorists to uh, to pick Torah scholars for their well, things. Yeah. What? Well, right. Who's the okay. scholar going to teach if uh, the other hostage is a simpler person that needs to learn Torah? How can you? Can you Wait. No. Who said? Who said there's more than one hostage? Maybe there's only. The Tos is saying that how do you reconcile the two Gemaras? How do you reconcile the story Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha and our Gemara that says you can only pay his worth? And you see specifically that he paid more than his worth. So the way that he reconciles it is he says that a Torah scholar must be different. For a Torah scholar, you pay the exorbitant amount. Teaching a thousand. 
So which one are you going to be teaching? The one or the thousand? I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what, what bothers you. This is only based on money, right? So if, let's say that uh, there's an ability to, to you know, crush the enemy. Yeah. You know, like if they have one of our people, why not just crush them, every one of them? Well, no, this is the circumstance. We're, we're creating the circumstances in a, in a legal sense so that we can work out the case. The only choice you have is either you pay or the person stays in prison forever. Those are your choices. You have no other choices. If you have other choices, then that is going to create a whole other discussion of what we're going to do. These are the choices. Are you going to pay or not? So you can't pay an exorbitant amount for a Torah scholar, but uh, for, for a regular person. But for a Torah scholar, according to Tosos, you can. Now, this happened. Here in, uh, in, the, in the Journal of Halakh in Contemporary Society, um, fall 5764 for 2003 okay there's an article on page 61 from Rabbi Alfred Cohen entitled Ransom or Exchange of Prisoners so here he quotes the famous story he says on page 62 a famous case in point is the seizure for ransom of the Rabbi Mayor Rottenberg the Maram by a duke in Lombardy in 1286 as Maram was trying to escape from Germany so they uh, wanted to, they wanted ransom for him. Although the Jews collected the money to pay the exorbitant ransom, Maram refused to allow them to pay it, and in 1293 he died in his dungeon. The Maram refused to pay it. There's a dramatization of this story in a book called The Captivity of the Maram by Shmuel Agaman. Uh, it's printed by CIS Publishers, and I'm sure that there's other books that talk about the issues. In chapter 17, he dramatizes what the issue was exactly. Uh, the Maram had a story, had, a, had, a, had an issue with the, with the rush. The rush, as quoted in the Beit Yosef, agrees with Tosos that you do pay the exorbitant amount for, for a Torah scholar. The Maram himself claimed that uh, you don't. That was his opinion. And therefore he didn't allow the Jews to take, he didn't allow the Jews to pay ransom for him and he died in jail because they never paid. He didn't allow it to do it. So his reasoning, at least according to the dramatization, is is that the reasoning that he gave is that it's going to, according to the Gemara, it's going to encourage the terrorists, so it's going to encourage the captives to uh, to continue in their in their activity. Okay, that's what that's what uh, that, that, that actually happened, and it's a dispute amongst the rabbis of what you should do in that case. That's what Tosu says. That's Tosu's opinion. Okay? Now, what is the halacha? So the halacha is found in the Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Reish, Nun Beis, Siv Dalit. The halacha says like this. The halacha says, You don't uh, redeem captives more than their money. Because we want to fix the world. So what is that? In order that they should not be encouraged to capture other Jews. That sounds like the Mechaber says, like the Rambam. He is taking the Rambam's position as far as the Gemara. 
אבל אדם יוכל ליפטו את עצמו מה שיצא, מה שיהיה, בכל מה שיצא, פרסון כן מגיעים דמסלס, תקי פי דמסלס 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 פי We have to see Adam Gogol, it's highly possible that he's going to be an Adam Gogol. Poidim was said, Bidam Merubim, you evaluate him, you can be dealing with a tremendous amount of money. V'yimishtoi ke'achar dami oloi, however, wife, that's a discussion somewhere else. Here the Shach points out that this is applicable to any member of the family. Any member of the family, according to the commentary of the Bach, a person can give more money than is necessary. more money, the exorbitant amount of money, to redeem their family members. Okay, that's the halacha. Now, the question is, is two questions. First of all, is Marvin's question. Number one is, is that if you are going to redeem a, um, Marvin's question is, if you are going to redeem a Torah scholar, how is that going to fit together with the Gemara? That the Gemara says, the Gemara says that you, you can't encourage the terrorists to, to, uh, to act this way in the future, right? That's question number one. And question number two is, what is considered the person's worth? What is, how much is a person worth? When we're saying that a person's worth, what does that mean exactly? Okay? Yeah? Fine. So that is discussed by the responsa of the Radvaz. And the, Raz, the Radvaz here is quoted in the Piskechuvah together with somebody else. The, um, the, The Maram, the, it's quoted by the Maram in Lublin, in, in Pischei Tshuva number 5, the Maram in Lublin says that what it means is a person's worth is if they would be sold as a slave in the marketplace. That's what it means. He says, and says the Maram in Lublin, By us, there's no such thing. People don't get say, sold as slaves and maidservants. It doesn't happen. Bishuk. Nobody said that it should change, even though the sales are not happening anymore. So therefore, that's the way it should be. That the persons, we evaluate how much it would be that a person would be worth if they would be sold in the marketplace as a slave. That's the value that you pay for their ransom and no more than that. According to Maram Ilublin. Right, but that doesn't bring up their worth. They're still their worth is still how much they can. Right, but how much greater than your own is it going to be already? I mean, it's going to be, you know. He gets the pillow, you get the pillow. So you get the pillow, and so he gets the pillow instead of you. How much more money are we talking about? Well, I think it's the way you describe the wife, though, because the value of the person in, is greater than yourself. That you could assess. And so if you would, how much would you pay for yourself to tell you how much you would pay for another person? Right, so the general is, the general is, I mean, I, I don't know if it's so much your question, because the general is, is that you pay how, how do you determine? It's the person, what, is, what the person can produce as a slave. You want, to add a, you want to tack on a little bit more to that, you're not going to be paying an exorbitant amount. You're not going to be paying $3 million for a person, right? Nobody's getting sold as a slave for $3 million unless they're playing basketball. Then, uh, then they get sold there. But otherwise, it's not going to happen. So we're talking uh, $30,000 versus $35,000, fine, whatever. But the, the value, the way you evaluate it is 
is according to what they would be sold as a slave. Okay? Now, the Radvaz wants to take a completely lenient approach to this whole topic. The whole issue, the Radvaz wants to take an approach, and is quoted, he's quoted. But here he says, he says like this. He says, Kranogu, this is in his response, Shalti Chuvus Radvaz, volume 1, number 40. Response number 40. He says like this, Kranogu, Kor Yisrael, Liftos is a Shorim Yosemig Day Demeyam. The meaning is, the custom is, is that we ransom, we pay the ransom, whatever it is, for whoever it is. It doesn't matter. No limits, relative, Torah scholar, wife, not relative, doesn't matter who it is, we pay the fire. That's the meaning. That's the custom by the Radvas. Let's say you have an old person, or you have a young person, they're only worth ten pieces. On, on the marketplace, and still, opponents of the proof, we redeem them with a hundred, or yours even more. Now, what's the reason for this, says the Radvaz? The time where the Minhaka, who Mishim, the Kaimur, and the time who Dilma Ligmur relates to Vilim Suratim, the Shus, man. This is very interesting. What did the Gemara say? The reason, the, I, a, how did the Radvaz say this? How, how can it be such a Munich that we pay? How can it be such a custom we pay whatever it is? The Mishnah says not. The Mishnah says you pay. According to their value, you pay according to their value, and that's it. Why? So according, we saw, according to the Shokhanach, according to the Rambam, we saw the reason why is because we don't want to encourage that they should kidnap Jews in the future. Right? That's what the Gemara says. So how does the advice, how does there such a meaning that we, that we pay everything, whatever it is? So the answer is, says, How do you understand because the people who are capturing, they're not targeting Jews. Right? They're targeting anybody. It's whoever they find. Because since even though we're paying more than what the hostage is worth, since we're not paying any more than what the non-Jews would pay for their captives, therefore it's permissible. Now it's like this. He's saying like this. That when the Gemara says that you cannot pay an exorbitant amount, is because the terrorists are going to say, oh, the Jews pay more. The Jews pay more. But here in our case, the Jews don't pay more. Everybody pays more. And since everybody pays more, there's no distinction between the Jew and non-Jew. And therefore, they're just capturing anybody. Therefore, you can pay an exorbitant amount for a Jew because that's how much the terrorists expect from a non-Jew. After you pay the exorbitant amount for the Jew, the terrorists are not going to say, let's go get Jews any more than non-Jews. Because the non-Jews are worth the same price. The Gemara is only afraid that you're going to encourage that the Jews are going to get captured more. But since over here the Jews are not going to get captured more because the non-Jews are paying the same price over the top, therefore you can pay it. Yeah, you're saying. He says, He says, leave the Jewish people. They are kind people. They do chesed. The children of people do chesed. Okay? Now he wants to say, I, the Mishnah says that you only pay as much as you, uh, the Mishnah says you only pay how much the person is worth. So he says you have to read the Mishnah very carefully. What does the Mishnah say on page 45 and he tried to give? The Mishnah is like this. 
you don't redeem the capture the captures the cap the the the, 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 the ones that were captured. Yoiser alkidate the mayhem more than their money. Their value. Right? So why didn't the Mishnah say more than their worth? Why does it say more than their money? Why does it say more than their worth? It says more than their money. Says the advice, this implies that more than their money is a general term. The money of captives, not the worth of the specific individuals that are being captured. The Mishnah has two options. One, it could say more than their worth. Or it could say more than their money. More than their worth would imply the specific worth of each individual, of a Jew. But it says money. It means the money of captives of the day. That's what the Mishnah means. And since the money of captives of the day is $5 million, even though that's more than what they're worth personally, right, that's the amount that you pay. And therefore, he disagrees. The Radvaz is disagreeing with the, with the Maram Lublin. He's saying you don't pay as much as the person is worth in the marketplace, but you pay the general amount of how much everybody is paying for ransomed individuals. Okay? That's basically what he says. Right? But then he asks the question, he says, it's not true. He says, "Im Taimar, Hari Anuroyim, we see, right, we see, Shepoidim was some Yosemite day to make Sharashwayim. We see that for the Jews they pay more. The custom by us is that you pay for the Jews more than, you, than the non Jews pay for their hostages. How do you allow to do that? That's already not like the Gemara. Right? That's what the Radvan says. How do you allow to do that? That's already not like the Gemara. How can you say? She says, like this. We can give the following answer. They rely on one or three or four reasons that apply here. First of all, there are non-Jews that get redeemed for this amount of money. Some yes, some no. Even though, right? Perhaps maybe, uh, perhaps maybe this one is strong, and this non-Jew is weak. Still, the people who are capturing, they want to get the, they want to get as much money as possible. Therefore, you pay. So he goes through all kinds of different reasons, and he says that even though that's the case, even though all these reasons that I'm giving. The person can say that the Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara says you're not allowed to pay an exorbitant amount. Right? The Torah says that. We can still push the Mishnah off. Perhaps maybe we're not talking about captives with the reasonings of all the ones that we gave. That maybe they're worth the same as a non-Jew. All the, all the things that he says. The Kevin Shadav is Suffolk. Since this is a question... Let the Jewish people uh, hold on to the midah, to the attribute of chesed. And let them, let them pay the amount in order to save the other people, to save the hostages. So wouldn't that be a sanctification of God's name if we value e- each other in such an, uh, 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 
a way that is above the non-Jewish world. Right, that's what he says. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Basically, he wants to be very lenient about this. He wants to say that it's true that the Mishnah says it, but the Mishnah is not talking about any of the cases that come up. So what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was wanted to say. It's a question. We don't know what it's talking about. And because we don't know what it's talking about, therefore we should be lenient in that case. Basically, the Radvaz is saying that you leave it up to the decision of the, of the rabbi in every particular situation. And that's what, uh, right. He says, for example, sometimes, um, sometimes they, 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 they take hostages, they take little children. So they take little children, they put them into monasteries. So what are you going to do? You're not going to pay the ransom? Why? Because the child is not worth the, the, that amount in the marketplace. But over there, it's not the child that they're kidnapping, it's the religion that they're kidnapping. And the religion is worth more than the child itself. So therefore, you can't pay the exorbitant amount. That means you're not talking about a child who's getting cancer for religious reasons. Right? So he has all kinds of different reasons. The mission is not talking about this, the mission is not talking about that. The question is, what is the mission talking about? Because of that, we should be lenient and allow them to pay the ransom. Now the question is, you know, the, I mean, the, the, idea, the, the feeling that I get from this whole discussion is, is that the truth is, is that, is that it seems to be that it's not a blanket rule, it's not like a rabbinical decree that you can't pay the ransom. I think the mission is just basically telling us that the, consider, the operative principle, the consideration that one should take into account when one makes these decisions is, is, is the consideration is, is that are you going to encourage this behavior in the future? If you're going to encourage this behavior in the future, then you have to consider that the Mishnah says, and the Gemara says, and the Halacha says, that you can't pay the amount of money. That's a decision that needs to be made by a responsible, level-headed uh, rabbinical court or rabbi at the time that the situation occurs. Okay? That's the, that's, the, that's the idea that I get. Now, as far as Marvin's question, there's another response from the... Uh, there's another response from the Radvaz about... There's another response from the Advaz about um, about Torah scholars. You know, why is that going to is that going to encourage their behavior? And the truth is, I just lost I just lost my place. Let me see if I can if I can find it here. So it's it's the response is also in in volume one in 498. So in 498, it says like this. Here his question, what the Radvaz's question is, is somebody's obligated to pay money to a non-Jew. Taxes. And he wants the community to pay it for him. Is he allowed to ask the community to pay, and should they pay, to, do, to, to redeem him? Because if not, if, he doesn't pay, if they don't pay it for him, the government is going to put this person into jail. That's the Radvaz's question. So Radvaz is like this. Hadava Bora. This is included. To pay for somebody's taxes is included in ransom money as if they are being held hostage. Okay? Now, because what happens if he doesn't pay? They're going to put him in jail. Or Yako. Or worse. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to persecute him. They're going to strike him. They're going to, until he dies. So therefore... The every Jew is obligated to save this person from the government. 
Now, v'chein nogu b'chol grilus Yisrael, this is the custom. Shepurim amas ha-kotuv ha-karkafta de-gavri. We pay the taxes for the people who can't pay their own taxes, al-anim for the poor people, v'chein ma-shi'ish al-ayam, mimilva, and also to pay their loans to Kiyotiba, in order to save them from the, uh, the creditors. He says, you have to make sure that this person who's asking for the money, that you know that he's poor. And the aim and he's not able to pay his own his own taxes, and he's not able to pay his own loans. But if this person is a tricker, if he's a charlatan, or he borrows all the time money from these people, and then he goes and asks the Jewish community to pay his loans, so then we don't uh, we don't redeem him. He says, however, if they're going to kill him, then we do redeem him. That's a separate a separate topic. Now, as far as Marvin in in this chuba in this responsa, he deals with Marvin's question. He says, Um As far as redeeming ransom victims more than they're worth. That's talking about regular people. However, if it's a Torah scholar, you spend whatever money, whatever the price tag is, of the captors. He quotes our story of Rabbi Shul ben Hanani and his discovery of the great Alisha ben Abuya. Right? So, and that's, that's what the Gemara says. And therefore, he, the Radvaz, seems to agree with Tosvos and with the codification of the Jewish law, then when it comes to a Torah scholar, whatever the price, you pay the ransom. Alright, what about this question? About the fact that you're going to be encouraging the, um, you're going to be encouraging this behavior. What's the whole reason that we don't pay these over the mouths? Because we're afraid that other Jews are going to be captured. And that was the conclusion of the Gemara. Even the Yoda why? By, by a Torah scholar, this does not apply. The love because there aren't too many Torah scholars around. Therefore, the the the, the captives are not going to be encouraged to capture Torah scholars because it's not really profitable. They're very very rare. They're not really around so much. And also, the captains themselves, they don't know who's a, who's a Torah scholar, who's not a Torah scholar. They don't know. It's all Jews to them anyway. It's all the same thing. Right? So therefore, that capturing Tamil paying exorbitant amounts for Tamil Chacham does not encourage, does not encourage other Tamil Chacham to be captured. That's his reasoning. You hear? Okay. Fine. Now, there's two more two more issues that I want to bring up, and then we uh, we conclude. There's one issue that uh, Dr. Alfred Krohn uh, here he quotes or Herschel Schechter regarding the case of Rav Hutner being captured. He says that Rav Hutner was hijacked by these terrorists. There were two, two planes that were they were they were captured. They were departing Israel. Oh, was this Antony? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was right. So Rav Hutner was amongst the. So he says that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky said that they should not redeem him. They should not redeem him Putner. Why not? So he said the reason why is because the mitzvah of Pidyan Shvoyim, this mitzvah of redeeming captives, only applies in peacetime. 
but surely not during hostilities, when the delivery of ransom money to the enemy would strengthen their position. That was Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's reasoning. If you give, during the time of hostilities, if you give ransom money, it strengthens the position of the terrorists. Okay? That's the, that's the, so Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky said, you should not pay for Rabbi Kutna. Now, to me, I'm not sure, that's a little bit problematic. I don't understand that, because it seems to be directly opposite of Tosos. Uh, again, Tosos, that same, that Tosos asked the question, remember, we, we, I didn't say the second answer, but Tosos asked the question of, that, well, how do we reconcile the fact that Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananiah redeemed the Torah scholar, Elisha ben Avuya, with the Talmud that says you only pay their worth? So the first answer he says is the Torah scholar is different. The second answer he says is, is Inami Bishas Churban Abayas Loshayach Tolovigrivu. Tosu says that at the time of the destruction of the temple, it's not possible that they're not going to be going against Jews anyway. In other words, like this. Of course you're allowed to redeem with an exorbitant amount. Because, what are you doing? You're going to encourage them to cap- capture more Jews? They're capturing more Jews anyway, says Tosos. It doesn't matter. You pay, you don't pay. At the time of the destruction of the temple, the Jews are going to be captured anyway. Right? Right? Here, Rabbi J. David Bleich, in his contemporary halachic problems, as in, uh, uh, discusses the hijacked victims. He has a, an, on chapter, uh, on, on page 18, this is uh, uh, volume 1, page 18, when he quotes the Tosas, he says, like For Tosas claims, during the period of exile, the enemies of the people of Israel require no encouragement in their desire to victimize Jews. Hence, payment of an excessive ransom will not significantly intensify their motivation. Right? That's what Tosas is saying. So therefore, you're allowed to pay the exorbitant amount. So I don't understand. How does Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky say that we don't redeem Rabbi Yitzhakutna because it's a time of hostilities and the time of hostilities you're strengthening their posi- the, 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 position, the position of the terrorists? That's completely the opposite of what Tosal says. Tosal says, no, during the time of hostilities you don't strengthen their position because they're being hostile anyway. So I don't understand how, what Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's reasoning was uh, quoted by uh, this uh, Rabbi, Doc, uh, Rabbi Alfred Cohn um, in, uh, in, in this uh, Journal of Halakha Contemporary Society. I'm not sure what his reasoning was. I would say you do redeem him because it's at the time of hostility. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. I don't understand it. I didn't see it inside the. Uh, the actual article from a rehearsal chapter, so I'm not sure. Maybe he's not saying that. It was the time of hostility. Right, because they were they were they were terrorist groups taking hostages right and left of uh, Jews. Kids uh, took uh, two two airplanes. So uh, it's a time of hostility. According to Tosfos, the time of hostility, you're allowed to pay an exorbitant amount because you're not encouraging the enemy anyway, because they're only going after Jews anyways. Rabbi Yaakov said the opposite. No, you're strengthening their position. Therefore, you shouldn't pay. So, so how, how does he learn? No, maybe this is not the subject, but if you, by not paying, does that mean that you have to choose something else or you just let them sit there? In other words, 
that if the issue comes up that you're not going to pay, that doesn't mean that maybe that does not become an option now is redeeming them for money. But what does become an option? In other words, that, you know, where does that lead you to then if that part is... Well, that's, that would be the next so part of our discussion. Is? Depends on what's going to happen to the hostage. If the hostage is going to be a Marami Rutenberg so he's going to be sitting in jail for the rest of his life, then you leave it the way it is. If the house is going to be in danger of their life, so then that becomes a different issue. It depends on, uh, you know, what the danger is and what the circumstances are under which they want to free him. So like you said with Antebi, I mean, you know, once the, maybe with uh, Rob Kamenevsky, he said, don't redeem him. They didn't, but they went in to get him. Right. So there's a next step. So there was a, okay, that we've exhausted. Now well, if it's possible to go get them, so then you go get them. You don't want to redeem them anyway, but I, I don't understand what, I mean, the reasoning that's being attributed to Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, uh, perhaps maybe we should do a little bit more research on the topic, uh, seems to be contrary to what Tosos says. Uh, listen, maybe we don't want like Tosos. Could be that, uh, that we, 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 you know, Tosos is not... I've seen one of the commentaries say that one of the, re the one of the answers of this tosos is not really it's just an answer, but it's it's not really uh, normative, a normative answer. I don't know. I mean, tosos seems to say it, so to now the tosos Tos says it. Tosos said you should redeem uh, uh, the products because there are so few of them that it would not encourage the terrorists to, or kidnappers to take more. Tosus didn't give a reason. Tosus just says, you see from the Gemara on page 58a, that that's just the case. That's the way it is. That there are a few tzaddikim. That, no, he just, that you, that you, uh... That you redeem them. That you redeem, that you, that you redeem them. That you redeem when it's a, when it's a, a Torah scholar. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as, as far as danger is concerned, so here already Tosus says that on page 58a. When, there is, when they're in danger of their life, then you pay more than their money. That's what you do. Certainly over here, this is the case. Or then he says, maybe it's a Torah scholar. So that, that's, that's the question, whether that, whether Alicia ben Avuya was redeemed because he was a Torah scholar or because it was a danger to his life. Mm -hmm. But he was a Torah scholar. He was a little kid. Right. So that's what the Shulchan Aruch amends that. And he says, the, 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 the court of law amends that. And he says, even if he's not a Torah scholar, but you see that he has potential to be, that's enough. Yeah, to pay an exorbitant amount. Right, so no, you see that uh, you see that certain people are special in the way that they act. You see that they're that they're gonna, that they're already in on in route. You you see that that's the case with uh, last week's Bashram, Bentoro Mora. You see that he's gonna potential to murder people and become a robber, so we stone him according to the law. Right? That's there's, there is a discussion about how you look at potential. This is one example. Alicia Benavoy was going to be a great scholar because of his response, the way he responded, the way he carried himself. That's what Rabbi Shub ben Hananya saw in him. And Rabbi Shub ben Hananya was correct. The challenge I'm having is you have to be a Torah scholar to understand. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. This is a very, uh, obviously this is a very gray area in halacha. And this, this area is, requires... Uh, uh, knowledge of the facts, and it takes a rabbi would have to make the determination, you know, if Chasashon this would ever happen. Okay, Shkoyach, thank you. Have a good chance.